This morning we hear from the Gospel of Luke and encounter Christ on the road to Emmaus. Let us open our ears, our minds, our imaginations, and listen across time and space to hear God's wisdom in these words. Now, on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women in our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us what, that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were there with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he, inter he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. The Good News of Jesus Christ. Will you join me in prayer? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts always be acceptable in your sight. For you, O oh God, are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Two weeks ago, it was Easter Sunday, and on Easter Sunday, I stood here with Thomas and with Amy, and we told stories 
about how we came on that Easter morning, like some of those characters in the Bible story came on that Easter morning. And I shared a story with you about learning how to sail several years ago in Seattle and how when my boat tipped up a good foot off the water, how I got overwhelmed by anxiety and fear. And then I told you about how last month I went sailing for the very first time on the Charles River. And as my little tiny boat tipped up in the wind, how again I was overwhelmed by anxiety and fear. I had five people come up to me after church on Sunday and say, I would never go sailing with you. (laughs) (laughs) And you know it is. You know, if I told you, would you like come and step in with me in a little bit of place of anxiety and fear? Would you raise your hand and say, yeah, I'd, I'd just love to do that with you, Peter. <laughs> but of course, we all know this as well. It's the opportunity of what happens when we step in to our anxiety and our fear that we see something bigger and wider than we've seen before. Now, it was like it was for the disciples in that story we heard this morning. For some of us, perhaps a pretty familiar story. It's Easter morning. The disciples, these two, have heard some strange word about a stone rolled away, people seeing Jesus. They're not quite sure what to make of it. All they know is what they do know. And it's their anxiety and their fear. Where's anxiety in you this morning? Where's a little bit of fear in you this morning? Is there a possibility for you, for me, to step into that anxiety and that fear and find out something that might be bigger and more than just our anxiety and fear. Well, those two disciples on the road that day were met by this stranger who said, what are you talking about? And he told them, I'm talking about, and they said, we're talking about anxiety and fear, for these are anxious and fearful times. And he just listened to them. And I wonder, who listens to you? Who do you let in to hear your anxiety and to hear your fear? This season in your church's life is stewardship season. As I say those words, I know that some of you went, oh my goodness, (laughs) I'm checking out of this sermon. Others of you, a little bit of anxiety came up, perhaps a little bit of fear came up. For to talk about stewardship, to talk about money, to talk about opening our doors in anxiety and fear is scary business and scary things. And it's a big thing 
and a scary thing to be the church these days, in scary times and in anxious times. Now, I started here, privilege of being your sabbatical pastor, two months ago. And I have heard your stories of some of your anxieties as a church and some of your fears as a community as well. The stranger that came along the two disciples in the story didn't take away their anxiety and fear, but he offered them the opportunity to see something more. And this morning, I just want to tell you what I've seen as a stranger in your midst about who your community is and the dream that this community is living. As Thomas mentioned, Amy is away today. She's at a program called the Next Generation Leadership Initiative. She was one of 13 pastors, young pastors from throughout our denomination, throughout the country, that was chosen to be part of this six-year program to go away twice a year to think about the future of the church. In fact, the goal of their program is this. It said, what if we stopped worrying about the future of the church? What if we stopped worrying about the future of the church and started dreaming about the church's future? What opens for you in your life when you move from worry into dreaming. Well, as a stranger who came into your midst, I just want to tell you, I have seen you living into the dream. I heard about you before I'd even met you this season on the national news and in national conversation about your Negro spiritual program. You are out there in the world, church, in ways you might not even recognize. I heard the song of new life that this church is singing when I heard on Easter Sunday, the synagogue choir and your chancel choir come together and sing. I thank you, God, for most this amazing day. This is the day of the new beginnings. This is the day of yes. And I've heard this community singing out that song of yes in your love and in your delight, in your children and your youth. And what a treasure it is today. What a treasure it is for churches today to have children and youth to be among you and to love you and to be loving with them. I've seen your church out there in the wider community in the greater Boston interfaith program and the work that you've done on housing and homelessness in your community. I've seen what you've done in your small group ministries because I've had the privilege of listening in to your Bible studies and your meditation group and your grandparents group and you church how you reinvented yourselves these past three years when other churches have not known how to do that. 
and you found new ways to connect and be community together. I've seen that as you've invested in live streaming and getting this church out to the world and connecting with folks from far away like my parents. I've seen that in your investment in your staff, in the incredible staff you have to support Amy being away this weekend, to step into being a teaching church, your investment in Thomas, to open your church to learning about the newness of what the church is called to be and the conversations with seminarians like Thomas. I've seen you investing in that future as you've supported Kent in being away for a time of dreaming and opening up your own time of dreaming. In other words, church, I have heard your anxiety and your fear, and I want you to see and to know Oh my gosh, there is so much more here. And it's you. And it finally comes down to you. What an amazing group of people you are. In these days and these years of so much anxiety and so much loss and so much fear, we all could name, there's places like you that have leaned into the anxiety and fear and are discovering and are seeing what is bigger and what is more. Well, enough of the stewardship sermon and right back to you and right back to me. In the story, a stranger comes along the two disciples and hears their stories of fear and anxiety. He offers another story, and the disciples come to their home, and they turn towards their doorstep and are just about to open the door. The stranger is walking on down the road. And that's our opportunity, right here and right now today, for us individually, for you as a community, for this church. The opportunity is to turn to home and to our comfort familiarity of home, which is indeed our anxiety and our fear. I think that's just enough. I'm going to make home there. Or do you turn around and do you call out to the stranger? And do you say, hey, it's late. Why don't you come in? Why don't you spend the night? Are you and I in this church going to call out to the stranger and invite new life to just come in and break bread on this new life that is here? Who will you become? I have no idea. But I do know you are a church of the resurrection and a church of new life because I've seen it happening here in you and among you. The poet Alex Noble puts it so well. He says this. He says, you ask me what I want. Well, more than I want to have knowledge, more than I want to have certainty, I want to have a door opening into a wide field filled with the song of small birds, filled with light, 
filled with laughter, filled with dancing. And across the field, another door opening into summer, into wilderness, a greening of imaginations, and far across the field, another door opening, opening, opening. Friends, this is the day of resurrection. This is the day to turn and call out to the stranger. Come in. Come into this place of anxiety and fear and break bread among us and within us. Break us open to new life.